Welcome back to The Lost Previews, where we talk about the preview chapters of The Lost Metal, book four in Mistborn Era 2. I am Danielle, also known as Fell Candy with 17th Shard, and with me is Marvin. Hi, I'm Pedro. So this week, we have chapters 10 and 11 released on Tor.com. They kind of bring everybody together, don't they? Uh, let's just dive right into chapter 10 if you want to do a summary for us. Yeah, sure. So uh, chapter 10 starts with Marasi arriving at the constabulary in the Octon where she works. And she's applauded by all her colleagues, which is a little uncomfortable for her, actually. She doesn't like all the fame. And yeah, she goes to talk to the Constable General, Reddy, who we already like knew from older books, so he's still in charge. And f they first talk a little about Wayne, because Reddy has an entire folder with complaints about Wayne on his desk. And yeah, she tells him about the notebook that she found from the cycle. And well, they, they talk about this entire situation with the set and what the they might be up to. And she asks him to be allowed to go to Bilming, because that's what the notebook indicates that a shipment will go to. And yeah, she also shows him the spikes that she found, but she decides to keep the trillium one. The other ones she gives to Reddy to give to the university for studying. And yeah, afterwards she sits down to have a lunch and well, at some point the cleaning, the cleaning lady shows up, but it turns out it's actually Wayne who has disguised himself. And yeah, they leave for the meeting with Wax that we talked about last week that they received a note about. Yeah, not too much happened in this chapter. It feels like just kind of getting Marcy and Wayne to the right place. It feels oh, yeah. like mm -hmm. it is kind of nice to see ready because as I said, I've been doing a reread before the last metal comes out and I'm right now in the very beginning of bands of mourning and it's interesting to see how Marcy and Reddy's relationship mm -hmm. as coworkers has changed because <laughs> they were pretty antagonistic with each other at the beginning and now they're working together and I mean they're smiling at each other and getting along so it's kind of nice to see that evolution happen. Yeah, definitely and also how sh how he recognizes Marcy's work and how in general how mm -hmm. He appreciates all her efforts and even like he has problems with Wayne, but he's glad that Marazi is the one who's dealing with Wayne sort of because uh, she keeps him in check. And in general, I find it pretty awesome to see that Marazi has become this sort of role model for other women mm -hmm. to join the police force. Like she remarks that two or three women alone she sees there have joined in the last year only because of her more or less. And I mean, it has sort of a double effect because she doesn't really want to be the center of attention and everything. But it's also nice to see that you know, her presence has an effect and modernizes the police force in a way, I guess. So that's yeah. nice to see. It's kind of nice and refreshing in this series, in the whole Mistborn series, about how women are treated on mm -hmm. this planet. <laughs> because, you know, Vin was an inspiration to all of the women from the beginning. And now we see women in the police force in a fantasy book, which is, it just feels a little unusual, but very refreshing and, and nice to see. And, and it's really funny. I found that what you mentioned about ready and having to deal with Wayne being Wayne, <laughs> I laughed when he had like this binder of complaints about Wayne and he didn't even put it away because he just kept it there because it was just a common occurrence. I was cracking up at that. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's in general, like, also this, when the policeman comes out, the constable comes out of Reddy's office, and like, okay, why is this policeman man uh, mentioned? And then when he comes in, she, he shows the drawing that Wayne did of him as a, like a giraffe, and I don't know, it's, it's just not, oh, very funny to see that nobody is safe from Wayne's shenanigans <laughs> in the entire constabulary. So, yeah, uh, not just Wax and Maraz, you have to suffer through it, but all of them, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it weird how many times giraffes have come up? I feel like it's been a weird amount of time. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Maybe, maybe we see some in filming. They go to visit the zoo and... Maybe. I I, yeah. I did hear that maybe like the roughs because they mentioned that there were lions in the roughs mm -hmm. or I think it was lions. Maybe it's it's kind of like a savanna rather than um like our traditional southwestern oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Americas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so too. I just thought that was kind of a, a strange thing to mention that he drew him as a giraffe and they had <laughs> mentioned giraffes earlier and in the prologue. And mm -hmm. It was just kind of, kind of felt weird. <laughs> Maybe it's just like Brandon after writing Stormlight Archive and like not being able to put in any Earth references or like Earth-like <laughs> things. And then he goes back to Schedule where it's basically Earth. So you can put in all these, okay, what's a tall animal that I compare could compare this <laughs> tall guy to? Hmm, a giraffe, I guess. So maybe it's a little bit like that, that he just wants to cram it full there. That, okay, Scarlet is basically Earth, but not really, yeah. Mm. But yeah, another thing that they talk about is, of course, the set or and what they might be doing here in Allendale, what they might be smuggling into Allendale, especially, because that's an odd thing. That in the notebook mm. they talk about, or the cycle talked about, what uh, shipments and crates and stuff like that weren't stopped at the uh, when they were shipped into Elendil. And do you have any theories of what they might be shipping into it? I was my first thought was maybe like some kind of human smuggling, where they're trying to get people who don't want to be seen getting them into Elendil because they were they were notating you know how many times very basic shipments had been mm -hmm. checked so maybe they have like a timetable where they need to move people from or or items i guess from one cart to another so that it doesn't get inspected or mm -hmm. something i'm not sure exactly though it could also be maybe whatever is keeping harmony from being able to see what's going on in building and that way they can kind of take control of Elendale, at least away from Harmony's site, possibly. Yeah, that, that was my idea as well. Like something, maybe it's Trellium, I don't know. Mm. Whatever they use, uh, as was mentioned in the blurb, that Harmony loses sight of a building. So whatever that is, maybe it's a material or whatever that they needed in large quantities in Elendale, and so they need some way of smuggling it in, maybe. But uh, yeah, I don't really have any other ideas either. What it might be. So are you th are you thinking that maybe Trellium is causing Harmony to not be able to see what's going on? I'd at least not like strike it out as an option because we do know that it caused him to not be able to control Palm in Shadows mm -hmm. of Self, which probably is more due to, due to the fact that it's another god's metal and so that interferes with his own powers ra rather than anything of Trellium specifically. But yeah, I don't know, maybe it's in general something there with Trellium that or 
in general with shards that they can't see another or that another shards god metal interferes with their power somehow i i guess we don't really know whether the atm supplies in the in the cache really like if they interfered with preservation's powers in any way but i could see it as an option at least yeah i i i'm just wondering because so in earlier chapters harmony sent this letter to wax saying wait for the Mm -hmm. the right metal and now we see at the end of chapter 10 that mercy is she saved the trellium spike and is going to bring it to wax so it made me think that harmony was able to predict that mercy was going to bring him the spike so then that kind of refutes the theory that trellium is causing him to lose sight of it mm -hmm. yeah, but i don't think that's necessarily like contradictory because like he could read the connections or whatever to see the or the mm. future that he will need trillium, but like he can't see or that doesn't mean that he can also see what's happening around the trillium or whatever. I guess if, if or maybe he sense. just trusts that Marisi mm. would bring wax, yeah. whatever he might need, yeah. even though he can't quite see exactly how it will happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like that maybe. And then another thing about them smuggling stuff is that they also take food out of Elendil and ship it somewhere, which Marasi and Reddy wonder, uh, wonder about. And like my little pet theory is that maybe it's for off-world purposes, actually, like that the set or whoever is behind mm -hmm. them use it to finance their stuff, because we know that from Bob's that in the Final Empire, they already had canned food, and they basically exported it through the pits of Hethlin, and that, like, mm -hmm. when Kelsia destroyed that, that was a major incident in the international or interplanetary community <laughs> because they couldn't get a lot of canned food anymore. So maybe it's something like that because we do, or at least it seems like schedule is still pretty advanced compared to the other planets at this point. So maybe, like, they have major food supplies because the basin is also very, very fertile and everything. So mm -hmm. maybe that's what they export the food or smuggle the food out of the city for. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really have any theories about <laughs> why they were smuggling. Actually, I I didn't even think about mm -hmm. why they were bringing food out. I was just thinking maybe it was um just a cover for their normal operations so they had to increase the amount of food going out so that it looks like they're bringing a lot of stuff in. Mm -hmm. But that's that's definitely an interesting theory. <laughs> <laughs> it just sort of came to mind because I I do kind of like that Bob where Brent said oh Kelsia had an impact there. But yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is like Mirazi suspects that they just want to feed an army or something like that. So I like this this quote from Reddy talking to Mirazi about wax. And he says, He doesn't have any other hidden apocalyptic <laughs> family members or half sane wives with mystical powers, does he? And I like zeroed in on that little mention <laughs> about wives. <laughs> I just want, I just want to see Steris like have some kind of <laughs> awakening yeah. or a, like a snap or something. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool. Yeah. It's also, I definitely stay, or I would find it cool as well. But also, it's sort of like, okay, if everybody has superpowers, does it really matter anymore? Like, she's awesome enough as she, as is. I feel like so it's true it it's would true. be a nice benefit of course but it's like if she doesn't end up with powers either it'd be fine but little max or tin will i 
I'm pretty sure they'll get powers at some point. So um, they'll mm -hmm. continue the line. Maybe they're um, maybe they are the apocalyptic family members. <laughs> maybe <laughs> they cause yeah. There's be a toilet incident with Max, uh, and that causes the Southern Skadrians to attack finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, uh, this of course is in reference to Edwan. Mr. Suit mm -hmm. from who died at the end of Bands of Morning. And I find it quite interesting that they haven't really learned more about this at or his death. Like they think it's more or less a normal assassin assassination. So have these faceless immortals of the set, have they shown up elsewhere already? And or are they still very much in the background? That's what I wonder. Yeah, because at the very, very end of Bands of Mourning, Edwarn was killed. And then the faceless immortal with the red eyes that mm -hmm. killed him had told him that um, he could serve in another realm. So I'm thinking he's still around. He just doesn't have a physical body anymore. And he's probably doing something in the background, something nefarious, of course. Yeah, could be. So I I can't remember if it's uppercase realm or lowercase realm in that uh, in that mm. reference. But I mean, it could be that he, of course, serves as a cognitive shadow somewhere, or maybe mm. even like that it's some sort of fuse deal, that he literally is on another planet or something like that and mm. was like sent there as, I don't know, whatever, as an agent. But yeah, it's. I don't think we have seen the last of him at the release. <laughs> yeah, all of these different references to off-worlding and stuff, it really drives home the fact that we're headed towards the big Cosmere oh, yeah. story mm -hmm. rather than just sticking around in these small little segments that are just only on Skadriel or only on Roshar. So it's it's really fun. I'm just wondering how people who only read Miss Warren mm -hmm. would take it, you know? Yeah. Especially like if the things about the theories about Trell are true in the end, like that he's mm -hmm. an avatar of autonomy and things like that. Like White Sand of all things is a very minor story in the Cosmere, all things considered. And even more so, like autonomy isn't really present much in the books. So mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting how yeah people will react to that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think Brandon really set the stage for Trell because he's mentioned in Era One mm -hmm. quite a, well, I wouldn't say quite a bit, but he is mentioned, mm -hmm. like name dropped by Sazed. And then in Alloy of Law, he becomes like, oh, this is this is like a big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like the the main driving force behind the set and so at least there is some foundation for theories about who Trell is, especially if you're only reading Mistborn. Mm -hmm. But it is very fun for people who are interested in the connections between all of the different planets and systems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one final thing, I guess, about this chapter that I, I really like that quote is when Marasi says, she knew death far better than she knew God. Oh, she thought that. And it's, of course, death here is Marsh <laughs> and God is mm -hmm. Harmony or Sacred. And I do wonder whether, she, because she has met Marsh at some point when he gave, gave her this notebook from Spook about hemology, 
but I do wonder whether she has met him again after that. Be, like, mm. Of course, she knew knows him better because she has met him at least once, and she hasn't ever met Harmony in per uh, in person. But has she met him more than once? Is mm. my question. Yeah, I I have heard, and I don't know where it came from, but on the 17th Shard Discord, a lot of people were talking about how Marsh has this kind of increased uh, presence in this book. Do you know where that came from? I think there was a wop at some point where, like, Brandon said, okay, Marsh would become, like, would show up again, at least in Lost mm -hmm. Metal, I think. So what he will be doing in this book, I guess, is mm -hmm. what's really interesting. <laughs> Did you have anything else to say about Chapter 10? No, I think that's about it, yeah. <laughs> Okay, great. So we'll move along to chapter 11. We have Wax and Steris arriving at their mansion. And Alik, is that how you pronounce it? Alik? That's how I pronounce I it, at least, yeah. I haven't met him on the audiobook yet. So. <laughs> That's, yeah, I pronounce Alik as well, at least, yeah. <laughs> so Alik, maybe Alik lives at... Alec. I like Alik better. Yeah, same. <laughs> So Alik lives there at the mansion and he has baked them some nice pastries and Milan is there as well. She is actually in a dog's form, but then she finds out that Max isn't with them. So she changes back so that she doesn't play fetch with Max. Then afterwards, Wayne and Marcy also show up. So everybody's together. They're discussing the spike that Marcy retrieved and the set's operations that they discovered in the sewers and another sewer joke occurs <laughs> and wax thinks in his head oh that letter from harmony saying that the metal will be arriving and he connects that with that trillium spike that marisi brings uh marisi tells everybody about her plans and milan lets people know that she is actually going off world uh leek comes back in brings some pastries some chuck and Wayne wants to leave because Milan mentioned that she was going off world and he and Milan have to go have a private conversation. And then Wax says, get my goggles. And he's going to go and do some experiments on this trellium spike. So do you have any thoughts about chapter 11? This one, um, some more stuff happens. Yeah, definitely have some thoughts. So just, I love Alik, like that he is a, pastry chef Wallace at this point and like he addresses Wax as oh hungry one everything it's just <laughs> really chef's kiss for me I I really enjoyed him already in Bands of Morning and I love that we have him back here and yeah and the, also that he has this entire mention to himself apparently it's just kind of hilarious mm -hmm. actually <laughs> yeah he's a great character and I Really love that he and Marisi have been dating for quite a while, officially dating. So I think it mentions they were flirting for a couple of years, but then they've been dating for a couple of years. So that's really cute. And then we see Steris like taking notes about how they're <laughs> flirting and being goofy. And she's like, should we act like that? <laughs> yeah. I, I also just love Steris. Like, one of the best of characters, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I, I really liked that line. Oh, maybe like all the things they're doing, maybe should, we should do them too. And like, wax isn't 
like he's oh no that's way too cute and sweet what they're doing <laughs> not for him yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're also quite a bit younger than wax yeah so. mm -hmm. yeah definitely <laughs> It's really nice, especially talking about Steris, to see Steris and Wayne like going at it a little bit. Like like I said, I was doing this reread and there's lots of tension. Wayne does not like her. He wants Wax not to marry her. But now they're getting along. They're throwing insults. She calls him a slug and, <laughs> and he he laughs at it and kind of gets into it a little bit with her. It was really nice to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also... It's nice to see that she's still really enjoying flying with Wax. Like at the beginning, mm. where he says, "Oh, he's delighted to see her with a big grin or whatever on her face." That's always nice to see. And yeah, like they just become sort of a really big family, I guess, in a way. And mm -hmm. that's really nice to see. Yeah, makes me anxious about the rest of this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And but, whenever I see people getting along and a, a big, you know family time mm -hmm. and stuff it makes me worry about what what's going to go wrong <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> there is better be safe and i mean only for the kids but <laughs> not if only for the kids yeah. <laughs> it's also part of the family is milan i feel like <laughs> because like this is so perfect that she comes in with a dog's body and just to play fetch with max which is sort mm -hmm. of degrading in a way also to her, like that she would play fetch with him But yeah, I feel like she's just the perfect sort of wacky aunt for Wayne's wacky uncle in a way. So mm -hmm. I, I really like that. Yeah. I love that she has her own room that's filled with like bones and hair mm -hmm. and stuff. It's yeah. like kind of morbid and gross. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like she has all of these costumes that she puts on for them. But then she strides out and she's like six foot four and she's got this like gorgeous androgynous thing going on and her cheeks are translucent she's mm -hmm. showing her emerald skeleton and everything so she's definitely coming to her own she like accepts her place there with everybody oh yeah mm -hmm, definitely and i did find that one comment from her pretty interesting that apparently akandra's bones also affect their psyche a little bit or like their their behavior or at least how they mm. see them see themselves which i'm not sure if we had anything on that before but i feel like it makes a lot of sense that the sort of physically or some sort of aspect of the previous owner of the skeleton is still attached to it and it sort of influences how you how, or how the chandra feels in it so I think I think that was implied when um, we see other Conjure talking about Ten Soon and his dog body, and they say, "Oh, I'm surprised he wasn't panting," or uh, you know, true, they have yeah. these little comments about Ten Soon. So it was never really directly mentioned, but it is um, neat to see this confirmation that yeah. they they kind of get into character when they put their bones in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very a very, very odd thing to say, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically what it is, yeah. And so so Milan is very blatantly saying she's going off-world. So I found that really interesting. So she got all dressed up in her in her emerald skeleton, and she's talking about going out of mm -hmm. the Skadrian system somewhere. We don't really know where, right? You know, she just says, like, off-world, I guess, or to another planet. She says mm -hmm. so, but yeah, not exactly where. And but it's 
cool to see that Harmony is finally deciding, okay, I can send out, or I should send out agents because obviously the customer is aware of them. So yeah, it does beg a lot of, que or some questions at least about this Waldo Kendra that we have, sort of, that, that the fandom calls Waldo, the mm -hmm. Kendra World Hopper that Brandon has mentioned before. I assume they were sent out by the Lord Ruler back in the day, or maybe they are an independent Kendra, but they're definitely not on like a mission from Sayset by the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. Like they precede him in a way. Yeah. So that Waldo <laughs> name is, I've never actually heard that before. <laughs> That's hilarious. So Waldo, the Kendra world hopper, we haven't actually seen, right, mm -hmm. in any yeah, of no. the books. We just know that there's one out there. Yeah, exactly. And I think. He's also, or they are the only one that we have any sort of word on. Like, we haven't had any, any other world hoppers. So we do know there's somebody out there, but this sounds like it's the first big wave of Kandra really going out and doing stuff. It makes me wonder if, if Harmony is trying to get some kind of backup or something to deal with Trell invading. So he's sending people out to gather information about what mm -hmm. the other shards might be doing. Yeah, probably, yeah. And it's also, there is one note that Milan makes that I'm a little like, what exactly, exactly is going on there? Because she says, like, it's not that simple or as simple as mm. she's just going off world. So I wonder whether there's some sort of also connection thing going on, like with what uh, with Kelsia, who, when he tried to leave schedule it wasn't really possible for him like he was pulled back towards the sub-astral so if something similar might be going on for the Kendra because I don't know their powers or their cognitive mm -hmm. aspect is somehow bound to to schedule but it does sound like they do have a way around it but it's kind of a difficult thing yeah so maybe it has something to do with the hemallergic spikes mm -hmm. or something could be yeah and then I really enjoy that Marisi is asking Milan questions about other worlds. And she even in the last chapter mentioned with Reddy that she she mentioned something about off-world mm -hmm. beings or like, what was it about? Something about Trell. Yeah, that's like uh, Trell comes from off-world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she seems like she has some kind of personal interest in these other planets. So I want her to become a world hopper. I think or, that would be really fun. I mean, in combination with the blurb as well, where like an off-world organization wants to recruit her, I've, there's even if it's not with the organization, I feel like there's no way around her becoming a, a world hopper. I just hope mm -hmm. she takes a leak with her and like when he bakes pastries and makes hot chocolate for her and she goes off on her adventures on other planets. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, I definitely see her going off-world at the end of this book. If she doesn't, I'll, I'd be very surprised. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then we see that, so we know Milan is leaving and Wayne is not okay with this. Mm -hmm. He is like, oh, I have an appointment. <laughs> and so he wants to leave as fast as possible. But then he gets, you know, Milan kind of pulls him aside like we need to have this conversation. So he's going to be... A little hurt, a little upset after this this conversation with yeah. Milan. I do feel a bit a little set up for him. Yeah. 
I do too. I'm, I mean, I, I really like Wayne and Milan together. Mm-hmm. I thought they had really great like chemistry, but I'm a little anxious about how Wayne is going to be dealing with this. Like, oh, is yeah. he going to regress to his bad jokes about, you know, things, <laughs> cheesy jokes and. Yeah. He generally like, doesn't handle rejection from women well, like as a mm-hmm. overall thing, like with Renette, with the girl he always goes to at uni, and now Milan, I guess. Like she's not really rejecting mm-hmm. him as much as just bringing up, but to him it's probably the same. So yeah, it's yeah. I hope he copes with it in a healthy way, but I fully expect him as well, like to just Yeah, it's it's Wayne. So I don't know what we can expect from him, but yeah. <laughs> It won't be easy for him been, at the release. I have been enjoying him in this book so far. I feel like he and Marcy really mm-hmm. bounce well off of each other. So I feel like Marcy is young enough and has a different personality from Wax. So it doesn't feel quite as grating to hear some of Wayne's jokes. But <laughs> I am, I've never really been a huge Wayne fan. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see how he does. I'm just... I'm just hoping that he will be a little yeah. bit more tempered than he has been in previous books. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, 100% agreed there, yeah. But yeah, uh, one thing we haven't talked about at all yet is, of course, the trillium spike, or what mm-hmm. Wax intends to do with it. <laughs> Which I feel like is the last big thing in the chapter that we haven't touched on. So for one, of mm-hmm. course, that he immediately makes that connection with, ah, this is probably the metal that Harmony indicated in his last mm-hmm. letter. It's like, okay, I mean, we had the same theory, more or less, but what does Harmony want to do with it, like, as an earring? That is what I wonder now. Yeah, I, I love the, get my goggles. <laughs> he's he's really into these science experiments that he has, and I love that he asked Wayne how much health he has stored up, and Wayne's like, no, oh, I got an appointment, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> so... I don't know what he was thinking. He does he want to experiment on Wayne with this? Yeah, or does he just want Wayne there to do the dangerous stuff? Is he expecting this trillium spike to explode during his experiments? I don't know. Yeah. I mean I don't I we don't know whether they ever experimented with trillium before, but maybe they think it's a bit like harm, uh, harmonium or ed metal mm. that it is explosive in a way. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think is this the first time that they actually call at metal the harmonium? That I don't recall. I think I think it might. I feel be, like it's yeah. the first time we've actually heard because I remember that Harmony didn't like the name. It mm-hmm. felt like it was pretentious, but <laughs> they actually mentioned it by that name, and they were talking about it exploding. Yeah. So it's also difficult because we have been calling it harmonium out of the books for so long <laughs> and Bren is also referred to it as such so yeah it's uh, hard to keep it straight sometimes and then I wonder what what experiments he's going to be running with mm-hmm. these like in my mind Wax thinks about how it can be used to serve him and that's usually it's like a weapon or something but he's got this these instructions from Harmony to make an earring out of it so is he going to be making the earring first or is he going to be just experimenting with it and playing around with the metal that he has cuz the spike doesn't sound like it's that big cuz they keep describing it as like a slender spike yeah, it's a couple with of inches needle think, tip yeah. on it so 
it doesn't sound like he has a lot to work with. I don't know if the spikes need to be like these huge railroad spikes that we <laughs> see on Steel Inquisitors or anything, but yeah, it's it's also like because he wants to make it into an earring. Does he intend Wax or somebody else to wear it as an earring? Mm. And does he hope that Trell will talk to them? I guess maybe is what what he hopes. It's it's a little weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, we we still don't know what kind of charge it has. So maybe that might also be that some sort of investiture reaction will mm-hmm. cause it might cause it to explode. If I don't know if Wax has made any sort of experiences like that in the past with the spikes, could be. But yeah, it's 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 weird at the very least that he has to take or wants to take such precautions just to do something with a spike. I don't know. And they do make a mention, and I think I mentioned this in the last episode, mm-hmm. where you have to have four in the body for, uh, they, I think they were talking about how Ruin would take over when there were four spikes. So if Wax has one in one ear and then one in the other, <laughs> that's two. So we don't, like, what, yeah. what is the effect going to be from having two different earrings and... Or maybe he'll be really stylish and just put it on one ear. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Wex also theorized that it might be some sort of linchpin spike or has served as sort of linchpin spike, which I remember you mentioned last episode, which I find kind of, yeah, funny, I guess. Yeah. That, uh, he also brings this up. I was, I was really happy when I saw that, <laughs> that he mentioned that. I was like, that's what I was thinking too, Wax. But uh, I feel like because that was his first thought, that's probably not going to be... <laughs> I like who knows, it'll be who like knows. a red herring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe, but I guess next chapter or the chapter afterwards, we're going to find out what exactly his experiments will be. So, mm-hmm. looking forward to that, definitely. Yes, absolutely. Did you have any other thoughts about chapter 11? Anything you wanted to mention? No, that's it for me. Great. So, that was. Chapter 10 and Chapter 11 of the preview chapters of The Lost Metal by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, we thank you for watching. We want you to join in on our discussions on our forums, on our Discord, join in on the comments on our YouTube and SoundCloud. And please, if you like, support us on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>